0: You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. Welcome to this next episode of Civil War. Which side are you on? Welcome to uh, episode number two. And... Uh, This second episode of this civil disrespect that is like a plague moving among the people of our nation and our world. You know, we uh, live in this second civil war. It's not the civil war that occurred in early American history, but the civil war that is a disruption in our world today. In the U.S., this war is at fever pitch, and it just continues to grow with no end in sight. It's also evident in several European countries, Australia, New Zealand, and elsewhere. There are just so well-meaning but misguided people who are literally waging war on civilization. Now, this is not about politics. It's about respect. Now, in the first episode, I unpacked the terminology and its meaning. Uh, Civility means respect. Civility is where we get the words like civilization and civilized. To lose civility is to lose respect and to become uncivilized. We're on a dangerous path. And then we also looked at the word for civility that describes it as polite. And polite is the root word for politics. What that means is leaders, anyone who leads, by definition, are to be civil servants. They are to be models of civilized people. They are to represent polite behavior (laughs) or not. It is not just about political leaders. This is about business leaders. This is all about church leaders, university professors, Uh, the media writers and producers, and the on-air personalities. This is about teachers in our schools. This is about parents. This is about every single one of us. In the previous episode, we looked at several examples of civil behavior, and not so civil behavior. We looked at obeying the speed limit. We looked at slavery and we looked at abortion issues. Those were just examples. There are thousands of examples that we could look at and I want you to be thinking about those as you go about your daily life and as you watch TV or scan the internet or look at movies from Hollywood or whatever. Now, in this episode, I will share with you the journey. My journey. The journey that led to my recently published book with the title Restoring Civility Lessons from the Master. And of course, the Master is Jesus. And I got to tell you, I learned a lot, even though I've been through the Scripture a lot. I've spent years in the Scripture on a regular basis. Now, I'm sure you've heard or read the news, media, or watched on television, or followed social media over the last few years. You have been in communication with other people, maybe even some other people in a church, or at work, or wherever you operate In your social life. Now you may be aware that we have really entered a second civil war in America. We have a second civil war in America. It is the battle for civility. It is a battle for civilization. It's the battle for civilized respect. It is the battle for polite living. You know, if you watch the news, sometimes it positions the battle as views of the right versus views of the left, or sometimes it's framed as liberal or conservative, and that framing, I'm sorry, is all wrong. It isn't appropriate. It's misleading. It just generates more confusion and more tension and more incivility. I don't know if you've thought about this, but I have a lot. And I want you to think about it. When you observe reports, when you read news magazines or look at the Internet or whatever, on the topics that are of the day, the headlines for the day. Because I want to ask you, have you heard any, anybody, even so-called Christian reporters, have you heard anybody using the framing of these issues as Christian or non-Christian or as biblical as opposed to not biblical, or spiritual, as opposed to pagan. I'm sorry, but I just can't find anybody, literally anybody, that discusses these issues. Even people that are so-called Christians reporting the news, reporting an event that frames this very often As a spiritual issue, but it is. And when we do understand it that way, we'll begin a step on the journey towards some solutions. But the truth is, you're not going to hear this on newscasts very often. But you should think about it. You should really think about it because this is at the heart of the issue. I'd like to share with you my journey my own personal story. You know, my journey goes back to around 2017. And before that, I knew there were tensions in our country. There are always tensions to some degree. And I recognized that, like maybe you did too, I'm sure, that these tensions were increasingly getting hotter and more divisive. And maybe you too, like I did, recognize that there's a division in the area of values way before you ever get to the rhetoric. The disruption in our political system is not something that's new. I'm sure you get it. The gridlock that occurs, the social tensions we feel, as a divided nation I'm just thinking about a news report I heard about a month ago it didn't get a lot of airspace but it was reported where a grade school with a lot of pressure banned anything to do with Christmas no no discussion no images no decorations, nothing allowed concerning Christmas. And it was led by a group that put pressure on the school board, and that group was called Freedom From Religion. Now you tell me you aren't concerned about where this nation is going. And then you think about the role of the Christian church, the role of Christians, the role of you and me, believers. And we know better, or we ought to know better. Well, here's how my journey goes. My life and my career has been all about helping churches become more effective. And as a church consultant, a church doctor, I've taught a lot about the issues behind the issues. You see, the reason most churches need a church doctor is the same reasons that I go to my doctor. I know something hurts, but I don't know why. I can't find out the issue behind the issue. If I've got a pain, I go to the doctor, and sometimes I'm really surprised. It's something totally different than I in my ignorance and being so close to the issue of the pain didn't have a clue so as part of our work at church doctor ministries i've taught a lot about the issue behind the issue and that's the real value that we bring to a church fresh eyes as john maxwell once told me and he described us as church doctors and so basically it's a diagnosis, the same thing medical doctors do, a diagnosis of the root cause of issues. Because if you don't get to the root cause of the issue, you never solve the issue. And in this role, in my career, in my calling, I have spent a good portion of my life helping churches become better at what they do uh, in reaching people for Jesus Christ. And my colleagues and I have uh, been privileged to help many congregations, thousands, become more effective to reach those in their communities and reach individuals for Jesus Christ, individuals who meet Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior. So that's got some eternal benefits all over the place, and that's very rewarding. For us and for the churches. However, the few thousand churches that we've helped are only a fraction of all the congregations in North America, and we understand that. You see, most of the churches in America are plateaued or declining, and research shows that 80% of those churches are not growing at a rate like their community is growing so they're not keeping up with the growth of their community. There are many, many churches that are losing ground. Other research shows that 50% of Americans, when they're asked, with what church do you affiliate, answer, none. That wasn't that way 30 years ago. It wasn't that way 10 years ago. It is that way today. Half of Americans are self-declared non-practicing Christians. And I believe there is a direct cause and effect ratio of church decline and the erosion of civility. In other words, I think Christians are more civil, especially those who know their Bible and are serious about their Christianity. I haven't been able to prove that. I haven't seen any research that proves that. But it just makes sense, don't you think? Well, my journey to write the book on civility, started with a church in Colorado. It's an amazing story. That church was consulted by my colleague Tracy, who is also my boss. She is the next-generation leader now of Church Doctor Ministries, does a great job. And Tracy did a great job at this church as well. She usually does. I mean, she's really good at what she does. And she gave the church some really good, positive recommendations to make their ministry more effective. However, one day about a year and a half later, after the work she did with his church in Colorado, Tracy got a frantic phone call from the pastor, and the pastor and the church board had become aware of an inappropriate incident with the youth pastor and one of the kids in the youth group. So it was serious enough to terminate the youth pastor. However, the board and the pastor wanted to protect the youth pastor and the young adult involved. And so the pastor and the board chose not to go public with the details of the infraction. They were going to make sure that the youth pastor got help but also was terminated, but not destroy the person forever given the fact that everyone should have a shot at restoration. However, the mother of one of the young adults in the youth group was livid. Not knowing the details, she was angry because this youth pastor had been very effective with her son and actually a number of other youth. So, how did this mother react? Well, she sent the pastor a blistering email and copied 25 of her closest friends in the congregation. Her theme was this, I dare you and the board fire that wonderful youth pastor. That's what she wrote. The pastor read the email, and in a reactionary, not actionary, but reactionary mode, the pastor wrote an email twice as long back to the woman. Not only that, the pastor copied the email to all of her friends, and added everyone on the board, the church board, all the other staff members in the church, the elders, and all those on the youth committee. A week later, Tracy got this phone call from the pastor. He said, Tracy, you have to come out here right away. Clear your calendar, do whatever you can. We are about to experience a major split in our whole church. Hundreds of people are on both sides of this argument. And we can't in good conscience tell the whole story about the youth pastor. Or he could sue us. It's a mess, the pastor said. So Tracy flew out there at their expense to explain the teaching of Jesus in Matthew 18. Look. This is what Jesus taught. When a Christian is offended by another, they should go to the person one-on-one and talk it out. Look, this is not rocket science, okay? And yet, there are a lot of Christians that have no clue. And it means very clearly what Jesus taught means no emails, no copies to others, no gossip, none of that stuff. That hurts more than helps. Well, soon after that issue about that church, I was consulting a church in Southern California with my colleague, Alan. At the end of that consultation, we met with a church board, as we always do, and there was a lady on the board who misunderstood something I shared. I don't remember how I said it, I haven't got a clue how she interpreted it the way she did. But a week later, after I was back home, I got an irate email from this woman, and it was full of accusations. I couldn't even imagine how she could conclude what she did from what I said. Anyway, I know about Matthew 18, what Jesus teaches, so I wrote her back, and I tried to position this as a future conversation. I said, I'll be glad to clear that up. It's just a misunderstanding. I'm returning in a month to, uh, to preach and to give uh, an oral report to your church. And uh, before all of that, I'll, I'll buy you coffee or lunch or whatever you want to do, and we can discuss it face-to-face in a conversation. Well, that wasn't enough for her. She went to the pastor, who then sent an email to me. I phoned him back so we could actually have a conversation. Why? Because an email is not a conversation. Emails, get this straight, an email is a dump on another person, and it's usually responded by an email dump back. It's the worst idea ever. Meanwhile, the woman told the church board her side of the story and asked the board to vote to cancel the oral report. I phoned the pastor again, and I discovered the pastor was seriously conflict adverse. And that's not uncommon among pastors. They're wonderful, loving people, an heir when it comes to the hard decisions and conflict. And you know what? Most pastors have absolutely no training in conflict management. And I, I don't know, they're supposed to have training in the Bible, and Jesus does a great job of teaching about conflict management. But so many pastors are, quote unquote, uncomfortable with confronting someone like this woman, or for that matter, the board that she talked to. Well, we'd already purchased the plane tickets. The church had paid for the tickets, the full cost of the consultation, but never got the oral report. And some of the key leaders of that church board, one in particular that we know well, one of the greatest donors and leaders in that church. He knew better. He knew his Bible, and he quit that church to move somewhere else. Destruction Everywhere. It was after that particular event that I wrote a free Bible study. It's available free on our website. Check it out. And every church should give this Bible study to everybody in the church, anybody that's active in the church. It's called email mania, and it goes into some of the basics of how we're supposed to deal with one another. Guess what? It's all in the Bible here or there, one place or another, but so many people don't get it. So this episode was really traumatic for me too. I just couldn't believe it could happen in a church yeah, I was a little naive. And that's when and why I began to study scripture from the perspective of civility. And I realized that the erosion of civility had not only infected late night talk show hosts, newspapers and television newscasts, news magazines, and many politicians, it was also creeping into the Christian church. So I began what the Bible says, I looked at what the Bible says about civility and how we should treat one another. I also learned that Jesus taught a lot about civil behavior. And the more I learned from scripture, the more I began to analyze the disintegration of civility in our own nation, even in churches. Christians were increasingly misbehaving with others. That's when I began writing the book, Restoring Civility, Lessons from the Master. You know, everyone could benefit from learning how to treat others in a civilized way. And so, as we continue this podcast, as we get to episode three, we'll take a look at how incivility takes the form of gossip, slander, and libel. And to tell you the truth, a lot of people, if you ask them about gossip, they, they're they not clear about what gossip really is. I mean, you tell people you can't gossip, and people will say, even Christians will say, well, it's not gossip, it's the truth. No, it can be absolutely true in your mind, or actually realistically true, actually true, but if you tell a person other than the one that's offended you, it's gossip. And it's wrong. It is a sin, sin. It's wrong. Absolutely wrong. So there's a lot of people who just don't get it. And slander, there are less people that understand that. And libel, oh, that one is off the charts. And you can go to jail for libel in certain circumstances. Anyway, in Episode 3, I'll discuss some of that, some of the negative misuse of the Internet, which is just incredible these days. We're also, in Episode 3, going to discover how much faith in Jesus could really help our nation, especially at this time when we have a deteriorating season of civilization in history. So as you pause between this episode, episode two, and episode three, I'd like you to ask yourself this question. With all the attention that is on civil disobedience, in our nation today, in our world, in every form of media, in every form of communication. Why? Why is it that all the attention, with all this attention on civil disobedience, why is it that almost no one is talking about it as a spiritual issue? even people that are news commentators who are upfront Christians, and they let people know it. Why is it not framed as a spiritual issue, not a liberal or conservative issue, not a left or a right issue, not a Republican or Democrat issue, or a young person or old person issue, but a spiritual issue. Because until it is framed as a spiritual issue, we aren't going anywhere. Not you, not me, not us together, not churches, and not society. We are not going to make progress until we start looking at the very basics of what civility means Frame it as it's described in your dictionary. Look at it as it's discussed in Scripture, and as you do, you will discover that that Bible that you carry around, that Bible that you read occasionally or a lot, that Bible from which your pastor should be preaching, it is absolutely chalked full of wisdom and guidance and direction on how we should behave on sensitive issues toward one another. Why? Why isn't this framed in our society from pulpits in churches, on newscasts led by Christians, in books written by Christians, Why aren't there more books about this issue on what Jesus says, the Master, and how he describes it? That, my friend, is why I wrote the book. And I hope there'll be many, many more, because there's a lot to cover from Jesus as the source. And the New Testament. Why don't we deal with this from a spiritual issue direction? I wish I knew The answer to that well we'll get into the details of incivility and disrespect in our next episode episode three of this civil war and you ask yourself the question which side are you on you have been listening to kent hunter's prescriptions from a church doctor presented by church doctor ministries if you've liked this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to hear future episodes. Check out Kent Hunter's new book, Restoring Civility Lessons from the Master, available at Amazon.com.